you. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of the Eugene Robinson. Show Stopper and the baby sleeping. So, no screen today. Welcome, my friends, to a show that apparently seemingly never ends. This is a version. What version is this? A one, a five, nine. On my other hand, is holding the phone, which is providing the music. It's completely janky we are. No, no, no. I'm going to do it right. One, five, nine of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. It's a dead week for MMA, but it's never a dead week for the Showstopper. Unless I'm in the hospital or jail. But first... Let's let Bob Riley sing us in, as he has every show since 2007. Shows in Paris, shows in Copenhagen, shows in Lyon, shows in Marseille, shows in Detroit, shows in New York. I've done this show from all over the world, and now I'm doing it from an easy chair in California. But listen to Bob Riley. Listen to him well. Stigmata, calling him the just. Intro, all of nothing. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. All right. All right. Well, that's the, uh, that's the music. And uh, uh, because of, of, of B and Tommy LB, I'm going to bust out with a story. They, they single-handedly subjugated the whole show. I have a different open than I'm going to, based on their questions about this thing with Dublin. But it leads in, it dovetails quite nicely to what I want to talk about anyway. Uh, while, while these guys talk about strings and guitars. Anyway, uh, but first, commercials. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is a PayPal address. Patreon.com slash the stomper is where if you want to go Patreon, give some money to the show to keep things rolling like this nice fancy light that Johnny G sent me. Um, well, actually he sent it to me. He doesn't trust me with cash. Wise man sent me the, uh, sent me the item. Perfect, works well, and uh, does not fade. So, uh, and you can actually see my see my face now uh the cable i don't oh oh jesus christ what the fuck is this the fuck what the jesus christ oh, i got like a leech or a tick oh it's nauseating walking in the forest you know i, I hate to walk out ah, here it is what the Oh man, no, I'm gonna now. I gotta think about Lyme disease, right? What the fuck is this sticking to the back of my neck? Okay, look, you guys have had enough with my my health issues. If I get Lyme disease, you know where I got it. Anyway, so uh, 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 Maddie sent some uh, sent, sent some Jack in uh, uh, via PayPal. I got it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And those of you who send in. Uh, right now, I don't find out how much Patreon brings in until usually the 5th or the 6th, but uh, you guys are making me happy and keeping the show on the road. And of course, Tommy LB comes, comes straight in the old snail mail. Thank you, sir. Yeah, every little bit helps. So, is that, is that it for the commercials? I think so. I, I get Cash App and Venmo. I can't remember what they are. Um, 
Stigmata is no well, Revelation hasn't Revelation Records they haven't paid me for the last batch. So I'm selling those directly. If you're if you're interested, you can I think you can hear a whole CD on YouTube. You don't actually need to own it unless you also want to own the lyrics. Anyway, commercials done. So this is what happened with the year. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, I used to be in a well, language wise, I got to get this straight. For those of you who don't know, I am in a hardcore band called Whipping Boy. And in the 80s, at some point, um, somebody from a label called Big Cat Records want to know if we were still using the name Whipping Boy. And they contacted me through a friendly intermediary. And I sent a message back from the to the friendly intermediary. And I said, yeah, we're still using it. And if they have any intention of coming over here, they better change your name. Can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. I'm pretty sure some of you have already heard this. So that was the first registered interest in somebody else wanting to use a name that we had started to use and copyrighted our use of it, or trademarked our use of it back in 1981. Well, next thing I know, people are saying, oh, I heard you on the radio today, heard you on the radio today. I'm walking around broke as a joke thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. I don't recall being on the radio today, but something's happened that they're playing more of our music on the radio today. And I find out that uh, that this, Irish band is uh, is uh, is using the name and apparently getting radio play. And I was like, huh. Well, I go over to Tower Records, which used to exist at the time. I look at the back of the record. I get a name. This is before the internet, sort of. I think the internet was maybe just struggling at this point, st- striving to be something close to what it is. And I called the, the, the New York office's attorney. And I say, yeah, you know, I'm, this is uh, Eugene Robinson. I'm the singer for Whipping Boy. And you guys are, you know, trampling our copyright. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. look, I'm, I'm really busy. What, what, is it, what is it you want? I said, I want you to address the issue of the trampling of the copyright. He say, okay, yeah, great. You know, how about we cut you a check for $200? You know? I'm from New York. You work in New York. There was shit. Who do you think you're talking to? I said, hmm, that's interesting. I, I wonder if it would cost you $200 if I got a temporary restraining order against Sony. Oh, yeah, okay, I thought it was going to drop out. Against Sony, and you had to pull every single record from every single record store tomorrow. I wonder if that would be. $200 worth of action on your side. In fact, I bet you don't even make $200 an hour. I bet you make twice that much money. So let's do business like adults and not assholes. And he's like, all right, well, what about $2,000? I go, man, I'm about to put out music as Whipping Boy. What do you think this is doing to me? It's killing me. And you know as well as I do that you have to vigorously defend your copyright. The guy goes, well, do what you got to do. I go, good, good for you. Good response. So I do what I got to do. By the time the certified letter shows up, they roll. Because, you know, most people won't go through the trouble of sending the certified letter. That means now you, you, you've been put on notice. Okay, what he didn't know is that for 20, 20 years, 25 years, I've been married to a lawyer. So all my legal stuff was gratis. I could keep running those guys up the pole as long as there was a pole to run them up. So where do we end a dollar amount? $22,000 to grandfather clause in their use of the name, which means they didn't have to pull every single record. This is me being a nice guy. They didn't have to pull every single record from every single record store in the world. At that time, it would have been significant. Twenty-two thousand dollars. They get to uh, they get to uh, use the name if if they trammeled our copyright again as it was written. Treble damages automatically before we even start talking anything, which means sixty-six thousand dollars. We begin with. 
So, uh, um, so they pay off. They've got a few videos, and then I don't hear anything from them again. There's a DJ in San Jose, a DJ in San Jose who used the name Whipping Boy, and I called him and got the same amount of rebop, but he's just a DJ. People are saying, hey, I heard you on the radio. I said, I haven't been on the radio. Not rock radio in San Jose. They don't play us. I said, hey, man, at this point, we had the internet. You could have searched. He's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to. Same, same two-step. I get a temporary restraining order against him, and he changes his name to No Name, DJ No Name, like that was going to hurt me. Like, I gave a shit. I don't give a shit. I mean, they're, they're easy. You know, this is horse trading. Cash is the least acceptable means of exchange here. But, you know, the guy from the record label could have said, hey, I tell you what, I tell you what, why don't we sign you to a deal? I mean, you could have you could have bought Whipping Boy for probably 10 grand. It was a 10 grand record deal. Five grand. We'd have been happy. Probably would have taken it instantaneously. The DJ, how about if I play you guys? Well, there's payola involved. I don't know if that really works in the instance of public radio or radio. So he changed his name to no name, moved to the Midwest, fucked off. I, and then we put out Subcreature, which is a hardcore CD uh, that some guy, in, Brian Sheckley in L.A., put out. So, so, so my, 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 my point, my point, this leads into is that this guy is thinking that I'm some, you know, drug addled fucking hardcore punk rocker who happened to discover something working his minimum wage job at tower and decided to see if he could make a few bucks on it. He made a fatal mistake to quote joy division, to paraphrase joy division. So flash forward a bit, and I've had two separate friends who were both hard, hard, you know, in hardcore as deep as I was. And strangely enough, they both ended up being doctors. And they both said to me on separate different occasions, and I'll quote you what they said. One guy said to me, hey, man, you ever think about all that stupid bullshit we used to think about and believe in? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, stupid? He's not, you know, all that stuff when we were hardcore. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, you know, that's for old hippies to distance themselves from their former selves. I don't distance myself from my former self. Yeah, yeah. Limp biscuit, my God. Yeah, I can I move it over so I can see the comments. So um, the other guy, and they their content their 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 comments were more extensive, but I, I'm going to jump to the other guy. Other guy was also had been used to had done everything: ambulance driver, you know, car thief, everything. Ended up building a quite a nice big medical practice, and he was like, "Yeah, you feel like you you know sold out?" I go sold out. You know how many friends we've had who died, OD'd, shot, killed. Uh, uh, suicides. Uh, um, you know, we, we lost a lot of people, and, and you got to know that we are exactly, we are exactly what's supposed to happen when you start living that life. That Sid Vicious thing—that's supposed to be the exception. You know, I said my, my identification as a as a hardcore uh, uh, punk rocker infuses everything I do to this day. Up to an, you know, call a guy at the record label. Who you think? Who, who do you think you're talking to? We think you're talking to. The idea is to is to make it on what is that line from that the NWA song? To get paid quick, you gotta suck a fat dick. Well, you know what? If that's your choice, that's fine. But that's not, you know, I mean, uh I have in every single instance of my professional life have gone into it with the understanding like we are doing each other a favor. Workers playtime, Billy Bragg shit. You know, you're not, I don't work for you. We work together. And at times I've actually been fired. My first reaction was to laugh. <laughs> what you're telling me is uh, <laughs> you don't understand the quality of the job that I'm doing? Is this some confusion? Like the people at Intel. <laughs> 
And so you, you do realize there's going to be a legal challenge to this. You just gave me a award. You just did this. You gave me, here's the performance award in June. Unless I ran through the office naked in June, you can't fire me in the 1st of July. You can't do it. So, I, um, so as far as I'm concerned, you know, you have you have eight, eight, apex apex punk rockers, right? And those are the guys who hit when they were 18 and 19, and actually made that shit pay straight until their 60s. And I'm talking, you know who you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about like uh, or Henry Rollins or uh, Ian Mackay, or you know, there are quite a few. Hit when they were 18 and 19, and it's just, you know, it's like body surfing. I'm just going to ride that wave straight down on the beach, past a concession, down the highway, right to the house. <laughs> and I'm sure they would like scoff at my characterization. So, yeah, yeah, bro, I, look, you know, just because you went to a place you had to put on a suit and tie doesn't mean shit. I've been working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those guys, all those cats. I, to me, it's a it's a freaking success story. That's that's like that's it. That's it. Last time Agnostic Front played here, we came, we went to the the wife and I went to the show backstage with Vinny, and it was like, man, it's a long way, huh? It's a long way from two plus two on a Tuesday night in in fucking August, right? Which is where where I met him. No, not two plus a seven. So this this whole you know this this whole this idea that uh, that you know that, uh, that somehow that, that that's for old hippies. I haven't stepped. I, you know, hey, look, consistency is a hobgoblin of little minds, right? You know, I, I'm I'm not still screaming about smashing the state. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not still screaming about smashing the state. America must die because America is dying quite nicely all on its own without any help from me. But the idea is, ah, God damn it. Sorry. Ah, ah. But the idea is that, you know, fundamentally, some to, in some way, measure, shape, or form, living live life uh, uh, on your own terms. So, you, you know, uh, um, I, I don't have anything to step away from. I don't have anything... And certainly not after working. See, I've been working since I was 14. Jobs have been getting paid for. I've certainly, I've certainly not done anything that 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 would make me step away from the ideas I had about, about life. I mean, there's no job I've had that suddenly like yanked the scales from my eyes and I can see like, oh, I've been fucking around living my whole life or living a lie when everything was about was about you know Tuesday's team meeting. How come I how, where how could I have been so blind not to see that? How could you be be, be so blind not to, not to, nah man nah. So when I hear these discussions, segue MMA. When I hear these discussions, you know, in, in regards to fighter salary. I don't. I'm really confused about the, the 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 fans, and I use air quotes around there. You know about the fans out there who who um who are, are thinking that they're greedy and they get paid too much, <laughs> which means that they're fundamentally okay with Mr. Baldwin. Ah, Jesus, with Mr. Baldwin Beach House buying another beach house. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I understand a desire for wanting to see a John Jones Francis Ngannou fight, but I can't understand an interest in seeing in seeing the organization that makes creates a venue that makes it possible getting paid the lion's share of the money for this fight. I mean, one of the reasons we want to see this fight is because we want to see if John, Johnny Boney Joni is as good as we think he is. Like I said, I'm only in this game at this point to see to, to, to follow it through to the end. 
you know, there's some people who are Michael Jordan fans where Michael Jordan left, they left. It's like everything I could have learned about life, basketball, this sport, and how I interact with all of the above has ended now. I can leave happy. But, you know, there's a casino element to, 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 to MMA and the UFC in particular. Same reason you don't see exit signs in, in, uh, in, in casinos. I mean, you do see them, but you don't see a lot of them. They want you at the tables. But, you know, you, you know compelling games, I start, to think of it, I start to think of this analogy, and it, this ties into something I'm going to talk. I'm, I'm zipping back and forth between MMA and music. Yeah, or clocks. They don't associate clocks. So the quarter slots. Now, there's some guys at the quarter slots, right? And they put the quarter in and go. And, and you see people, they piss in those cups sometimes rather than leave because they feel like their machine's about to break. Any second now, this machine is going to pay out. And they don't want to be that guy who steps away from the machine for a second. Somebody else comes on just an idle pull and it pays out for them. They don't want to be that guy. So they'll sit there one, two hours, pissing in the plastic cup they give you for the coins. You don't even have to do that anymore. You just press the button, press the button, press the button. The casinos don't give a shit about those guys, but they make bank off of those guys. Those grannies that sit in there for 16 hours, they make bank off of them, but they don't care about them. It's like most of us don't want to own a laundromat. Laundromats make money. If you were going to go, go on a date and you want to tell a person that you're dating, ah, I own a couple of laundromats, they'd be like... <laughs> Mom, I'm dating somebody. What do they do? Well, they own laundromats. Low prestige, high cash, who cares? But now the big rollers, those guys in those rooms that you can't even get into in Vegas, you see them, you know, you kind of see them over the thing and it's all the mood lighting. It's very quiet and church-like. Those are the rooms you can't get into. Those guys, it's not like those guys play any less. They could be in there 16 hours, long stretches. But when they get up from the table, they can go to the bathroom because they know they're coming back because they're not there for cash, right? These are, these are the high stakes players that are there for another reason. If you want to make the, you know, I, I'm doing music for years. You know, you know how many people I say, man, as soon as I, they start doing talk, talking to me about making it, I know they're dead. This is the guy that's pulling the quarters six hours, seven hours, eight, eight, 18 hours later, pulling for quarters. Anybody's talking to me about making it, man, I, th I think we could really make it. You're blind. Because what you've been doing shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been, the journey is not the cheap part. The journey is the expensive part. I gotta switch my seat, my seating position. Okay, how's that? I'm a little lower in the frame. So, um, so you know, it's the cats who like. Well, you know, what is that slick Rick line? You old ass rapper? Yeah, but can I still deliver? Those guys in, in, in the shaded room, the high rolls, those are the lifers. I tell you this by way of telling you that Oxbow just got signed to Epicac. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know this already. If you follow me on Instagram, you know this already. Epicac is a label started by Mike Patton back in 1999. Mike Patton, who used to sing for, uh, I guess still does. They, they're back, uh, uh, Faith No More. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Thank you, Shortsville. Exactly. Good. My my sister. My sister has got. She has got a uh, a gold record, uh, and a Grammy, um, from a song she did with Stephen Marley, Bob Marley's kid, and she's she's on the grind as well. So right. Exactly. Exactly right. So you you know. So um. 
you, you, you can, uh, when you stand up from your chair and walk away, if you've been sitting at the quarter, uh, uh, you know, the one-armed bandits, you, you know, you don't feel that bad. What did you lose? A bunch of quarters. Because that's all you played. You do that shit for 10 years. You think, ah, oh, it's just quarters. Yeah, okay, all right. Let's go back to the laundromat discussion. Just quarters. Guys driving a Ferrari. Quarters. That's what we called a pound-wise, penny-foolish, quarter-foolish. These guys are making money. You have squandered it. Your dreams of making it have been pointless. So these doctors who are like, all that shit we used to think, isn't that wasn't a bad man? Do we like sell out? Sell out? You mean sell out? What exactly do you mean sell out? What options are there? I look around to my left and to my right, and I don't see anybody whose life I want to lead more than my own. I would hope my music is a reflection of that. And I would hope when I look around the room of the people I decide to surround myself with, that I'm in that shaded room where money doesn't matter. Because money or not, I'm still in that room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the publishing issue is a, is a really weird issue. I met some a friend of mine uh, was in a, a very popular band. I was signed to Def, Def American for a period of time, Rick Rubin's label. And he's got a guy who handles all of this publishing. And I met this guy and the guy was just, I didn't trust him. Just didn't trust him. And uh, I went uh, went over there with my, uh, my ex-wife, uh, who was my wife at the time. And once he found out that she was a lawyer, he was suddenly not interested in working with us. And this was for Oxbow Publishing. So, you know, so these people, these MMA fans who are given these guys, like, I understand it's the most immediate and, yeah, yeah, BMI, ASCAP was shit, BMI, I finally went to. You know, I understand that the most immediate target and, and, the easiest target is off the bat has got to be has got to be the fighter. I, I understand that. I understand. You know, it's like, oh man, the excitement of Stipe and and Ganu, and you're coming off that. And go, oh my God, this is a direct golden brick, golden. What is it from the Wizard of Oz? The yellow. This is a direct yellow brick road to to this fight. This is a fight of the ages. This could be MMA's. Thriller in Manila. This could be the most fantastic thing. And next thing you know, it's sidelined because people are arguing about money. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know too many too many fighters who are happy with Don King or Bob Arum. I don't hear that. I don't hear that. I don't hear too many people too, too many people being happy with those guys. It does. We pay the same seventy dollars for the fight, no matter what. It, what we're talking about is how much of that, how much, how much of that fight, how, how much of that seventy dollars we want the bald one to get, versus the fighter who we're actually excited to see fight get. And they're like, "Well, you know, you're acting like eight, eight, eight million, ten, ten million dollars is not a lot. It's a lot." You know when you start to feel bad for getting paid eight million and ten million dollars a fight, when the guy who put on the fight is walking away with a hundred million, then you feel kind of stupid. Then you feel kind of stupid. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to be in that Joe Lewis space where you get out, you know, glad I won, Mama, and then you're working in a men's room handing people towels because you can't make a living. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm having physical, physical discomfort. I got to find a position that works. Let's see if I lean back. Is that, is that too far or too weird? Uh, I think that's the spot. <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really weird, right? Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is how it got to be. I'm really far away from the light. Let me move everything in. I'm going to try to move it in a bit so I can lean back. 
<laughs> no, no, that, that, how's that? That's a little bit better. All right. And I'm at least more comfortable, which means I could do the show without moving around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that Whipping Boy video, that show, fun fact, that show, I looked down from the stage uh, uh, during that show and I saw uh, my girlfriend at the time sitting together with my ex-girlfriend at the time and I, who I was messing around with. They were both sitting in the seats and embracing each other and ex looking up at the stage excitingly. And I was like, oh my God, how am I, how am I, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> you know, I didn't tell anybody. I never, that was a point where I just uh, didn't tell people about shows. I don't want to be like an Amway salesman. It's a big deal. If you figure out there's a show, it's a show. I don't have to try to sell it. That's not my job. If you like this music, you know it's a show. You show up, you know? And they're both sitting there in the audience. I'm like, oh, I had to, middle of the show, I had to think, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle it? And then they try to do a squeeze play. So we're loading gear, unloading gear. We're getting paid. They're gathering up the merch. And they're both just hanging out and hanging out. And they're both, I drop everybody else off, and they're still in the van with me. And I said, so we're, we're heading back to my place now, right? And the ex-girlfriend kind of, she broke, she blinked first and she was like, yeah, you could drop me off at my house. I said, oh, okay. Okay. Don't put me in a position where to make a choice after I do hour long show. Get out of here. And that's when I was broke too. That was before I'd started working. So it was like right after college. So I said I was going to lean back. There we go. Ah, the recovery is going, going, going fine, slower than I would like. Uh, the, the, the sad, weird news is that, uh, that my 81-year-old um, mother has caught COVID. Um, and at this point now, she's just got to ride it through to the end and hope that it uh, doesn't take a turn for the worse. She doesn't feel great. She feels pretty horrible. Doesn't like not being able to taste food um, or smell. Uh, but so far, she's okay. So, I mean, she was initially a, a skeptic. She probably could have gotten uh, gotten vaccinated. Uh, you know, being eighty one and all, a few weeks ago. But you know, I defend her her decision not to. Right. I mean, at that point in time. Um, you know, New York was is a shit show with you know Andrew Loose Dick Cuomo messing around, and he's a known associate of mine, so I think I could call him that. Uh, but I got my first vaccine uh, the other day, and the second one, uh, got one of the Pfizer ones, uh, comes up uh, April twenty second, and April twenty third. If I don't feel too bad, I'm back at jujitsu, and so my. Uh, recovery should be aided and abetted by not sitting in this chair all day, which is what I do uh, for Ozzy. You know, writing all day from this chair without moving. Man, my kid's been crying the whole show. You, I don't know if you can hear in the background, trying to put her down for a nap, and she has been crying the entire 33 minutes that I've been talking. She's got some lungs on her. <laughs> and and her will indefatigable is the word so anyway i like i like i you know i, I don't i don't want i don't want i don't want to hear this and, and the thing is you know and the thing is uh uh you know the bold one you can see clearly he's got this idea that these guys because they're all tied into social media and they're tied into q ratings and they're tied into us a fan base that you know he can just let him spin in the wind long enough so that he fundamentally uh, 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 he fundamentally couture uh, 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 Fedor uh, couture Fedor's thing and it just becomes something that nobody's interested in anymore. You know, I, I used to have this I used to have this theory, and uh, it was a it, oh, God damn it. Sorry, man. I, I just I can't. Um, it was like the three the three date theory. And it was like, pretty much, if you hadn't decided by the third date, you would never get a fourth date. 
you know, and I'm talking about back when I was in like high school or something. You know, you're going out with a girl, you really don't know what you're doing, and you can't really figure it out. You know, he likes you, and then you could just feel it happening. If it didn't happen by the third, people were like, "Why? Why would I subject my ego to this?" This is the, what the woman was saying. And whereas, in actual fact, it was just you know me. I could have been 15 years old and just afraid to make a move. That's what happens when the mind actively turns against and resists. You know, you could feel it with, with Fedor and uh, and Randy, where people were super excited. This is the fight. This is the fight. And they just kept fucking around and fucking around. And then people were like hostile enough where it was like, you know what? I, I don't care if you do book the fight. I, you know, I, I don't care if you, do, you know, I, I, I'm out. I'm out. I, I, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want the fight. How about that? I'm not interested in your fight. I mean, you, you know, so so we got the oofsie playing some sort of waiting game. I'm hoping that they're talking, you know. Um, I'm hoping that they're talking. I don't know for a fact that they are, you know, but I'm hoping that they're talking, you know, because if you think about it, if you think about it, yeah, the bald one has delivered, and we've done sympathy for the bald one shows before. He's delivered a lot of good stuff to us. But when I think about the stuff that he hasn't, he completely squandered. He completely squandered the Diaz's. As big as stars as those guys are, they should have been even more huge. And frankly, McAnal, the rapist, I have to say, the alleged rapist, I have to say, um, the only reason he managed to pull off what he managed to pull off is was because the bald one blinked. The bald one blinked. And the bald one blinked for good reason because he knew he could feel the tailwinds behind that guy who had it, who had a huge Q, Q, uh, Q, uh, Q rating. Now, Johnny Boney Joni might not have the same Q rating. But Johnny Boney Joni can still go on Kimmel. He can still go on Fallon. He can still go on TV because, you know, his fuck-ups have been within the manageable range and have not included, as of yet, forced anal rape. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. McAnal... Uh, Connor McAnal has got enough jack at this point where he could just buy his way through these uncomfortable spots. Why not? He can't buy his way back on the Kimmel, can't buy his way back to Fallon, but you know, newspapers still, he still makes good copy. And how many times are people going to mention in the fourth paragraph down that he still has pending civil charges connected to? a possible alleged uh, anal assault. Yep. Nick doesn't, Nick doesn't want it. Nick felt, felt conflicted about it, but he didn't make, remember, never forget this. Never forget that, that, that MMA fighter I told you who said, being connected to the UFC, the UFC, is like having the worst girlfriend or boyfriend in town. They call too much. They don't call at all. They call too late. They call too early. They call unreasonable. They and and they also flip out. Classic, toxic, abusive relationship stuff. I don't know. I don't know if if if. It, I mean, it's it's clear that the bald one is wanting to make some moves that seem counterintuitive to the rest of us who care about PR. In the name of it's my company, I do what I say. Yeah. But even that's changing. Do you think? Do you honestly think that this Endeavor IPO and the, and the desire to own not, not just fifty one percent of the UFC but a hundred percent of the UFC? Do you think that's about keeping the bald one? Because I don't. Not for a second. Not for a second. If you think they're going to have a hundred percent. And they're going to keep that. Look, contractually, they probably have to keep the guy around after they, yeah, if they have an IPO and after they purchase 100% of the UFC and fundamentally buy him out, 
he probably has, you know, there on both sides, they, they want there to be a transition because they want to make sure they don't want any rugged transitions. They don't want anybody jumping out of a speeding car. And a new guy's got to try to catch up to the speeding car and get in and do the job. They don't want that. But the bald one is not a long-term play. He is not MMA, and MMA is not him. And there are serious questions about whether he's a good and functional, functioning ambassador for the sport. You know? Sorry. Sorry, I got to apologize. I got to lean back. I can't, I can't, uh, uh, this is not my casual. I, the times I lean back like this in real life, zero. If I was chatting on the phone, I might lean back. So uh, I think it's very much about standardizing some things. I think it's very much very seriously about turning MMA into a sport as well as a feeder for, like I suggested 20 years ago, as you know, the kind of faces that you have coming through MMA, this is central casting stuff. Joe Diesel Riggs, that guy's face, his face, he should have been, I don't know what he should have been doing, but that guy should have been in movies. They squandered a lot of these faces. Fellini, if you watch a lot of early Fellini stuff, you know, um, Fellini, you know, Fellini's movies were easily made by people with characterful faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I just want, I want, I want. I'm, I'm sure nobody here has done it, <laughs> but you know, insofar as possible, I would really like people to get their minds right about who gets paid what. I'll give you another example. In that period where the it ties into the whipping boy thing where uh, uh, the Whipping Boy show was filmed at the new Varsity Theater in Palo Alto. I was making money to live at that point. My room, I lived in an a unconverted garage for $50 a month, all right? And uh, I was uh, moving furniture and painting houses to make money. And uh, one job I had, I had to power wash an entire housing unit. It was like a Units in the back and units in the front. And uh, it took me two days. And the guy who had hired me, uh, at the end of two days, he gave me $300, which considered my monthly rent was $50, was pretty good. I had money left over for food. Um, and at one point, as I'm cleaning up, you know, the house has to dry a bit before he can come in and paint it. I did the cleaning. He does the painting. He was doing other jobs while I was doing that. So it worked out perfectly. The woman whose house it was came out and she's talking to me. She had all these nectarine and peach trees lining her driveway. She said, oh, you can eat. You know, I never use them. I used to make jam from them. I pretty much ate every single piece of fruit that she had during the two days I was there. And she kind of came out and she got in the habit of bullshitting me with me. She's talking to me and she's like, oh, you know, there's something, something, you know. But uh, you guys are doing a great job, probably. And she mentions the total amount that she had paid for the job. And I think it was like $3,000. So in my mind, I'm thinking, huh, $3,000. I spend two days during the cleaning. He spends, you know, uh, two days during the painting. Outside of the fees for the paint and the, and the rental for the power washer, which we could deduct, doesn't it seem like we should get closer to 50-50? And so I bring this up. We're friends. Why not? I bring it up. And he, he fundamentally tells me, I got the job. No, no, no. I got the job. I paused for a bit, and I was like, he's right. I was perfectly, it's like the, they did that test with chimps. You know? the raisins and they gave one chimp six raisins and the other chimp two raisins and the chimp that got two raisins was like cool whatever got two raisins that test didn't go that way didn't go that way with me it worked with people 
People don't do that. Then you get Cain and you get Abel and somebody's head bashed in with the jawbone of an ass. I tell you this story on, uh, on Easter because if you, unless you've subscribed to the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, you don't know that I have an Easter story that I posted earlier today. You should check it out. It's about Anton LaVey. And I've written him about, about him before, but I haven't written this about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as it does, always, dark turns. So I figured, you know what? It's what the market bears. If the guy said, hey, you want to spend two days eating a bunch of nectarines and peaches and talking to some nice old lady? I'll pay you $50. You can clean, clean it up. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. I repeated that. I, I had a $14,000 job I did for a friend, and I paid him $500 for it. People were like, don't you feel bad about that? I was like, I would feel bad if he was unhappy, but he's not unhappy. I didn't conceal it from him. I got the gig. And if you don't want it, I can find somebody else who's do it for $500. But I didn't do that because he's my friend. I cared about him and, and I wanted him to be happy. I don't think you could say that about the Baldwin and any of his fighters. He cares about them. He likes them, wants them to be happy. Some he likes, but be happy. Well, happy is difficult. Happy is difficult. Where are you going to get happy from? We can't get, you know, you could get, you know, there are guys driving around in Rolls Royces who are not happy. Happy is a very tricky, tricky thing. Uh, the, Jan, the deaf cat, is like here, like he wants to go out, which would be great because then you don't have to hear him yowling when the wife comes out from the bedroom after putting Corey down for the nap and then he goes, oh, food's coming, so I'm going to yowl as loud as humanly possible. And there he goes. Perfect. Exactly. Outliving my enemy. That's my goal. I, do you realize that initially I told myself, well, how long? I started to think that same thought process that my two doctor friends had, the guys from the hardcore scene about selling out. I thought, like, well, how long can I do? You know, society creates a sensation where like, you think, oh, you know, how how, how you know, playing music? Oh, you're not a kid anymore. I don't need to keep doing that stuff. So I used to think, well, how long? How long? How long am I going to do this music thing? How long? How long? And I said, I want to do it. I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to do it. My enemies. <laughs> okay, I'll wait. What do you mean wait? It's like YouTube doesn't know what we use this stuff for. Come on. What do you mean wait? So. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, um, I was okay with the three hundred dollars. Johnny Boney Joni is not happy with the eight million, ten million dollars. You know why? Because after taxes, you know how much that leaves him. You think that you could be in your thirties and retire on four million dollars or five million dollars? Because that's the tax buys about 50%. Now you can't. You can't. You can't. You cannot. You think that guy's going to be fighting 20 years from now? Can't. Cannot. So don't, don't, you know, and certainly not, if that money is not being made, if nobody's making that money, that's fine. Yeah, 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 no shit. He's making more money than I'm going to make. But we're both making a lot less money than the Baldwin's going to make, and that's what it redounds to. I don't, I've never understood. I, I went out with this girl, and she was the um, bright, shining star of the family. Two sisters, right? One was like, had all a promise. Father, you know, larded all like glory. She, you know, got the Stanford, you know, all these things, great things. And the other sister was like the black sheep. 
Well, the black sheep said, well, you're going to Stanford. You know, there's a guy that you should try to find. His name is Eugene. He sings for his hardcore band, Whipping Boy. You should try to find him. He seems like he might be pretty cool. Well, she does find me. And we end up going out. She was one of those women sitting there that night when I was playing Venus in the, in the video that Tommy LB was talking about. Well, things weren't, went badly with the family. Family was perfectly happy to see me when they thought I was just a friend, when they realized that I was, you know, a friend with a piece. Things got very different and, and unpleasant. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to do the man thing. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to confront the father. We're going to have this thing out. We're going to work this thing out. So I go over there. I said, I understand there's some sort of problem. We should talk about that. The black sheep of the family, the one who set this thing in motion, the punk rock black sheep of the family, the least loved daughter, not the shining star. I'm quite sure you will not be surprised to hear that she was the first one to attack me. Isn't that strange? That's strange. So in these discussions about money, we, us, fight fans, the first person that we can think of to attack is the fighter. Mm -hmm. The fighter? We suddenly forgot the guy who's got a compound in Vegas and Malibu beach houses. We forgot about that guy? (laughs) <laughs> that's the guy we forgot about it <laughs> what exactly is the nature of his appeal i don't know you know he just he just tells it like it is tells it like it is remember that face that was a gas face tells it like it is Come on. The sport will be infinite. You know, whatever problems boxing has, it's not because we don't have Don King around anymore. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's down to earth. He said, you know, I mean, you know, this is, this is, let me tell you what the attractive feature is of the bald one. The attractive feature about the bald one is somehow we the notion is that this is how that he acts like somebody he acts like the way we'd want to act if we had that same amount of money. I mean, you know, and I know several times during your day, at least half the people you meet, you could justifiably say, why don't you go fuck yourself too? if it didn't cause you incalculable life difficulties. Think about how many times a day you could say that and you don't and you swallow it because you can't afford it. That means people above you on the org chart at work, people on a dotted line with the, uh, from, from you on the org chart at work, people below you on the org chart at work because, you know, in this day and age, you know, 360 degree reviews, they got they got their say too. Go to a restaurant, can't flip shit at the waiter, the guy's spitting your food in the back. So we, we see a guy who says, fuck you, to just about anybody. He feels like it, and it's somehow refreshing. It's like a peek over the wall at Shawshank. But when you pink over that wall at Shawshank, you're not looking outside. You're looking into the warden's beach house. I'm never, I'm never going to identify with management. And here we come full circle. Never will I identify as management. And that, incidentally, is the earmark of many people who are in management. <laughs> There are sheeps and there are wolves. Anton LaVey ties in again to my Easter message on the Eugene S. Robinson substack.com. 
was the first one to talk, to talk to me about animal phenotypes. <laughs> I'm just not. I just don't. I just don't want to be your meal. Don't want it. Won't have it. And I can see the Baldwin saying that, but at this point, you become management. And I, I understand his take. It's like, well, why should I? When I can find somebody to deliver the same kind of numbers who does a fight for $8 million or $10 million, why would I want to pay $50 million? Well, because you'd pay $50 million to Connor. Well, what do you mean, well? What do you mean, well? Well, what do you mean, well? Well, you give Connor that money so easily. Well, you gotta because Connor will deliver. Is getting knocked out by D Dustin Poirier's second round. You, you know, is that delivering? And I and I have to tell you, I have to tell you, the smartest move I've seen this week. Smartest move I've seen this week comes comes via via Dustin Poirier. Who said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the champion. You guys can do whatever you want. I'm the champion. He opts instead to round out the trilogy with Mc, Mc, McNuggets, McRapist, for an amount of money. It's not, it's, he doesn't get the pay per view points because it's not, uh, or maybe he does, but negotiate. It's not for the belt, it's for something else. Huge, huge amounts of jack. And you could say, well, you know, Connor's like, I got, I've done two things to defeat him. Uh, he's dust. I'm going to destroy him this time around. Okay, you got to say something to build up the fight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a Southie thing. You got to do something to build up the fight. But this is that kind of fight. Dustin Poirier, win or lose, never has to fight again. That's where he's trying to get. Chandler and uh, Charles DeBronx uh, Oliveira, whatever, belt, whatever, whatever. Open up your nice little gym, train your kids, spend your day at home, you know, buy supplements, work with your team, run half as much, eat twice as much. It's the American dream. American dream. You know. So uh, uh, that, that's the smartest move I could, I could think. And, and the, uh, probably the only reason he was allowed to make that move is because the bald one doesn't get rubbed either way. I mean, he, he, he feels about Dustin Poirier the way many of us feel about Dustin Poirier when we even think of him. So, yeah, nice guy. Is he driving people? Hey, you know, he's just a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Good guy. Good guy. Talented guy. Are you Dustin Poirier fans? Yeah, you know, the Dustin Poirier fans are probably the same people who are saying, why do girls always go out with the, the, the jerks? But they're perfectly good, nice, nice guys. N nice guy crew. Nice guy crew. I mean, it's like if I started speaking Mongolian to the bald one. Nice guy crew, start, he recognizes there's some value, some public value to the nice guy crew, but just doesn't register for him as something that's serious that he cares about. McNuggets, McAnal at this point, is just fighting fight, to try to keep some sort of professional life. Doesn't have to. He's not. doesn't want to be in a situation where he's like Mia Tate trying to make another hip-hop record and bored with that. And, and, and I have to tell you, I have to tell you, the Miesha Tate thing, where she was in a dark place before, she gave a head nod to the same thing that GSP was talking about and the same thing that Anderson Silva talked about, you know, the rigors of having, being in a toxic relationship with the UFC and having to have this just be your life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And at the time she had a boyfriend who was fighting as well. That's all understood and good. But we know what happened with the rest of the picture. Can't make another hip hop record, huh? 
I'm going to bring you back. You're going to fight Marion Renault. I'll tell you who my pick is. My pick is Marion Renault because Marion Renault knows why she's being picked and she has no intention of being Rocky. She's going to murder Tate. Don't look so pretty no more. She's got a nose fixed. The ball went and said, get your nose fixed when you retire. I'm retiring. Got a nose fixed. However, could there be incentive to throw a little something extra in the envelope for Marion Renault? So she was like, ah, you've already lost five ever four in a row. You're going to lose a fifth. We'll put a, you know, you got a kid, you know, maybe another 60 grand. The thing is, when people buy your ass, they always buy it on the cheap. They always buy it on the cheap. I have never heard a prostitute say to me, they, that guy overpaid. <laughs> overpaid. No, there's not old girl strength is not something they talk about. Old girl anger. Try that. Now that's something. That's something. That guy who those people got shot in Pennsylvania, you know, the, the woman was cursing right to, to the very end. Her husband who got shot in the street as well. If you haven't seen that video, you should see it. He, when he got shot, he screamed like a small child. Oh, I've been shot. And you hear his high-pitched keening from where he fell in his living room. <laughs> Until he, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Menopause anger. Righteous. So, um, so the right amount of attention to, to, be, to be, you got to realize the bald one has got to get, what is that great line from Muda Baruka? You got to give up the land, white man. Free all the South Africans. You're going to have to get up off of some money, man. You're just going to have to. You're going to have to do it like boxing. You're going you're to have to. get oh, Top load, you know, uh, top load cash-wise, the top, the top of the bill, and everybody else gets what you, use, what you usually pay everybody else. And what you're going to take home, I mean, keep in mind what John Nash was telling me, the percentages we're talking about are minuscule for him. He just doesn't want to publicly be shown to be given in. Well, I'll tell you, Tommy, in a second. He doesn't want to be seen to be giving in, so he, he's, he's just, what, not going to do it? You got to make this fight. If those guys at Endeavor are not, if uh, Ari Emanuel is not telling you, God damn it, you make this fight, if you really, and what's up with them with Bellator firing Goldberg? That's not cool. That makes me sad. That makes me sad. Oh, Goldie, I miss him. I, at this point now, I would take a Goldie over Rogan easily. Any, not even a second of thought. Mm -hmm. But BJ, B, B, yeah, alas, poor York. BJJ, well, apparently what Sorrell has done is he's marked out sections on the floor. There's no contact with another human being. You're drilling with a dummy, and that's it. Um, however, this is before the vaccine. So I'm hoping with the vaccine that you come in with your vaccine card and then you can, you can roll. Only guys with vaccines can roll. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know what he's got planned. I know there's a new system like with gyms all over California. You have to make an appointment online so they can check your stats before they're disinfecting it before and after no bathrooms, no showers. It'll be kind of janky, but I can't keep sitting. This chair is clearly going to kill me. Can't keep sitting. Got to go back. Got to go back. I mean, theoretically, I'm a brown belt, but man, I feel like just going back as a blue belt. I just, how, how can you take a year plus out of my game and think I'm going to be the same? Ugh. Ugh. No, you can't even take a pitch. Can't use a bathroom, which is fine by me. Apparently, that's part of my problem. I don't like to piss. I don't like to shit. I don't like to drink water. And that's how I ended up in this crappy health situation. Add that with the seating, sitting all the time, you know. Yeah. So anyway, any, anyway, the, your Easter Sunday uh, ministry, 
go to the Eugene S. Robinson dot substack dot com. Read the piece on LaVey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read the piece. And I'm friends with his grandson now. It's very strange uh, the, the way that works. And actually, the grandson's ex wife, who, the, I mean, that's how I got reintroduced to the family again, because she wrote a piece about how he, you know, essentially he, she attempted to me to him. I, mean, I don't say she's wrong. She's, she's right. I mean, you know, they were both taking a lot of drugs at that time. And hanging around with Marilyn Manson. So who knows who was right and who was wrong, but uh, it's just a, a much longer family relationship than I expected or that I've gotten from any of my other interviewees. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta call Jim Goad. I'm trying to get him into the newsletter, see if he's game, if he thinks he can take it. He mentioned the newsletter in his newsletter and all of a sudden I've been getting the angry dudes yeah, well, you know, you if the people who don't like Rogan are pieces of shit. Hey, you know, whatever, man. You think Rogan gives a shit what Albini thinks about him? I don't think so. Anyway, this has been show number a one, a five, a nine of the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. Uh, this week, there was no care, don't care, so you have nothing on Monday. Tuesday, you got uh, uh, If the Shoe Fits. And if you, for the extra dollar, if you're a fan of Kid, Kid Nate's Let It Roll uh, podcast, you get to see that. Uh, I, I think my Sports at Kill piece has it run. My mob piece ran last week. If you follow me on at Eugenius Robinson on the Twitter machine, uh, yeah, it, it went through there. And, uh, and the newsletter. That's all I got. That's all I got. So let's try to live until next. Let's see. Next. There's a fight coming up on the 10th, isn't there? I think I, already, I think I made my picks on that fight on the last Care Don't Care. I have to revisit them to see whether I was, whether I'll be asked out. I think we all had the same picks on the Nganu uh, Stipe thing. So we tied all tied for first and Finley beaten or beaten Finley will actually update the, update the game. But like, how about this? Try not to die this week and we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, the kid is sleeping now. So uh, I'm not going to scream, but, you know, to show you my heart's in the right place, I'll fight you all. (laughs) Look what you made me do. Ah, ah, ah. I think that's it.